And welcome back, weirdos. This is episode 13 of the Weird Austin podcast. Today with us is Jason McGee. He's been on the podcast before, but today we have him all to ourselves. How you doing, sir? <clears throat> well, you know, pretty good, I guess, all things considered. <laughs> right, right. And uh, how have you been affected by everything? Oh, boy. That's going to go... We're just going to go down the rabbit hole with that one because I had a lot of transitional things occurring right before this. So this kind of has <laughs> put a lot of things on pause. But it's not like I'm suffering or anything. You know, I'm not sick. Uh, I'm not like destitute and on the street or anything. I'm just kind of like I was I had like a upwards tra- trajectory and was going faster you know, trying to break the atmosphere to get out into space. And then all of a sudden it's like, and then I'm just like stuck in the limbo. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that, man. The lack of gravity, just, I'm just floating and I'm just like, Oh, I I had momentum. Why, why, why is it stopping? Yeah. No means of propulsion. But like I said, I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm like destitute and, um, miserable and suffering or going through any hardship really so I, I really can't complain that's good and you were telling me before the podcast that uh, you you made yourself a pretty, pretty tasty meal huh oh yeah dude every night every night uh, every night wow every night we cook yeah and the thing is is like it's weird man um never i can't even think of maybe been to a restaurant for dinner Formally, uh, less than five times since I've been here. Wow. Really one time that I can think of. Maybe I went to like get something to eat, but not dinner, like out. But that's like happy hour at Hooters or something eating bar food. You know what I mean? That's not really like. So, yeah. So cook here every night. I just keep it kind of low key, man. Um, When I wasn't working or before I started working, uh, do I need to give you a little background as to the transition from Please, the last night? as much as you want to tell. Well, because I guess if anybody was like, oh, I heard that podcast, they'd be like, okay, what's this dude talking about? So to catch everybody up, the last time I was there was one of the last times I was in Austin because I kind of jumped ship, threw everything in the car and did the whole California or broke routine, got here. A little tough at first. Took a very long time to get a job because everything out here moves so slow. And there's so much red tape on everything. It's absurd. This place is a joke, but at the same time, it's kind of amusing. It's just like this. It's, it's a weird place, dude. What do you mean? <clears> a joke? <throat> How is it a joke? California is a joke, man. It's like, you, dude, you barely like get a bump on your head or something. Or, oh, oh, are you? Oh, darn i cut my finger something something people are like dude you could get workman's comp or you could like everybody out here is trying to sue or get free money or workman's comp i i, I didn't tell you this earlier but i think the uh, no i did tell you uh the unemployment here is like 600 bucks a week that's 2400 dollars a month i was like that's that's, that's absurd <laughs> What's the average rent like? I mean, does it does it equal out for a cost of living, or are you getting a lot of extra money? Uh, well, surprisingly, where I live, which is not 
no offense to people that live in Escondido, but it's not like the most ideal. It's not the beach or anything, but it's almost the same as Austin, man. I mean, you can get a one bedroom apartment for thousand dollars or 1200 or find some roommates. I mean, this dude from work was like, yeah, man, like, right. That's what, that's, this is one of the things I have on pause, by the way. I was supposed to move into a house in a place called Oceanside, which is Oceanside. It's right there. It's next to the beach. That's where I usually go to the beach. That's where I was going to the beach like a few times a week. Ocean, so I'd already be there. So I was like, oh, you know, oh, that'd be perfect. So that's on pause and just <laughs> work's on pause. Eh, life's on pause. But like I said, so anyway, yes, I jump ship from Austin. I live in California. I work at Guitar Center, but it's a super easy job and it's fun. And I just, it's, we just kind of clown, you know what I mean? It's like, everybody, it's so laid back and slow and nobody really cares. And nobody really wants to do like a job, like where it feels like somebody's breathing down your neck, like in Texas, mm. like most of my jobs where they're like, yeah, you didn't get that done yesterday when I just told you right now. And you're like, but, uh, but they're like, yeah. Uh, so why aren't you doing it right now? And you're just like, Duh. like, <laughs> I've had a lot of jobs in Texas, Austin, and other places that are like that. And it's just, you don't get that vibe here. If anything, you're like, oh, you don't want me to like clean that right now? They're like, eh, just, I don't know. Just leave it. Somebody will get it. I don't know. Who cares? You're <laughs> <laughs> just like, what? Hmm. It's, it's strange. I don't know. But at the on the other side, the customer service at any place you go to kind of sucks. So are they lazy and opportunistic? That's that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. I, I guess just like I don't want to be at work right now. I just have to be here. Yeah, I mean everybody feels that way, but it's somewhere like Texas where they could fire you for anything. They they're literally. I mean, any manager will tell you that. Like I could just fire you just because I want to. They can. Hmm. Well, here of course you can't do that. It'd be like lawsuits and all this back pay and unemployment oh, it's, 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 it's like they don't fire people here is what i'm trying to say if, if they have to have a really good reason huh. are they are they just start scheduling so few hours like once every two weeks or something that they just take the hint and <laughs> okay <laughs> quit no i'm serious I, I mean i've heard of places where you know some they'll get somebody down to where they're working a day a month because it's like by law they have to schedule them something one day a month yeah, just like, hey, they were on the schedule. Like, that's their way of muscling them out. Uh, As an example, just things I've heard, because I always, like, rip on how silly it is here. <clears throat> so, I mean, who... oh, go ahead. This is the thing that's going to kill you, man. Or you guys, because we all work together. If people don't remember that from the last podcast. Hey, there's a little plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, uh, yeah, after eight hours, overtime. What? Even if you are, even if you're a part-time person and you work three days a week, only on the weekend, every any day that you work past eight hours, saying you got your lunch within five to six hours of you being there, because if they don't give you your lunch and you work past that six-hour point, then it starts there. Wow. Or is it five hours? It's something like real crazy like that. Like I think it's the, the five-hour mark. If they haven't given you your lunch by the five-hour mark, it goes like over time. From there, because they should have given you lunch already, now you're like distressed or something. But then, if you work more than eight hours in a day, then it becomes overtime. This is the one that's going to kill you. 
you work more than 12 hours, it's like double time. Wow. So and is, during, is it union heavy over holidays, there? Huh? Are there like a lot of unions that help keep track of that over there? Or is I it mean, just by I'm law? Not any, I'm, not a, I'm not a part of any kind of union. No, it's just California. It's how it is, man. Wow. It's like super liberal and super like everybody has to get this and nobody can be fired nobody can be discriminated against nobody can, well obviously mm. but to the point where like i said somebody can suck at a job and they'll just be like eh. well i mean what can you do fire them cause a whole bunch of problems so that's kind of like the military where like if you're not doing well they just move you to something else and if you fuck that up they'll move you to something else i mean they can always you know send you to mass if you if you really mess up take half months pay and uh you know put you in restriction which is like time out you can't go out you know time stamp right now so you can go back 30 seconds and cut out your f-bomb sir you can cuss <laughs> on this i didn't say we couldn't oh and to finish that plug it is a uh, weird austin episode eight musicians with ambitions that was where you and mario were on oh dope um where was my weird story going did it, did it have a point i don't remember <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the double time. So during the yeah. holidays, I don't want to talk just about work because life's more interesting than that. But just so you know, like, where – because obviously you worked with me, and I was not really your boss or anything, but I was above you and – you or you guys, I should say. Yeah. More responsibility, you know, and it was kind of stressful. But it was like, yeah, it was stressful. And for the amount of money I made, I make way more now doing nothing. I I kind of I, I like do things that nobody asks me to do because I'm just like, is anybody gonna do this? <laughs> like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. But like I said, I do enjoy I do enjoy it. It's just like like a I don't know. It's like a free for all or something. It's so bizarre, and hmm. everywhere's just kind of like that. But like my, my my job's like that, and everywhere I go, and people in general are just kind of like that. I don't know. It's strange. But yeah, during the holidays. Uh, I was like consistently like, oh, somebody called in sick. I'm like, I'll work a double or, <laughs> oh, I'll just leave when you want me to leave. And then I would stay all the way till like 10 o'clock at night. And they'd be like, what time did you get here? 9.45 a.m. And they're like, oh, you've been on the clock for like <laughs> like over 12 hours. Like, I did a 14-something a, a day. And like I said, two, <laughs> oh my gosh. Over, over two hours were double time. Were you busy at all? Like how did you fill the time? It was Black Friday, I think. Oh, yeah, Black Friday. It was, like, insane. Dude, mm-hmm. this place is near, like, where lots of rich people live, like, billionaires. Like, people that drive actual uh, Lamborghinis and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Jeez. Like, you don't just see that all the time. I saw two Lamborghinis at the same time. <laughs> like, I saw, I, okay, so I saw, like, a, a, no, I saw a Porsche, and I was like, oh, whoa, a Porsche. That's what it was. Sorry, I told, I, I, I didn't. I saw a Porsche, and it was you know had a big spoiler and all this. I was like, whoa! I was like, they got money, haha. And then I saw another one. And I was like, ah, ah, you know, like I guess people around here could just drive Porsches. And then a freaking Lamborghini comes tearing by, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> there just went a bright orange Lamborghini, all like ripping around a freaking mountainside. <laughs> it's just like strange, dude. Hmm. Because it's near this place called Rancho Santa Fe and Del Mar and all these places where, like, rich people live, like, millionaires. Like, Floyd Rose, the guy that, I don't know, you're around guitars. You should 
probably know what a Floyd Rose is, the whammy bar system. Yeah. Okay, well, like, if it doesn't have his name on it, it has to be licensed by him because it's his patent, right? That's cool. That dude came in. He's like, yeah, I need a bunch of pedals. Just, like, pick them out for me. I just need them for, like, this show, you know, for NAMM, that, that you know, that, that music conference convention that they do. Mm. Anyway, it's, it's a big thing. They do it. They've done it in Austin before. It's, like, worldwide. Musicians go and demo stuff and do product placement, all this stuff. Anyway, he was just like a regular dude. Like people that are like famous and stuff just, oh yeah, you know, needed some strings. I was at the house. <laughs> they don't have servants. You know what I mean? Like right. the guys in Metallica are not, they don't have like butlers, <laughs> like Alfred, like Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, they, go, they go to the store and they just hope that people don't bug them. That's cool. Hmm. So <clears throat> who all is in your household now? Well, Ah, that's, can that be a private issue? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, because I'm in this, like, transitional transitional phase. It's like, eh, it's not like the, the highlight, let's say. But it's it's your father, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. How's he doing? See, I'm sure he's happy to see you and happy to live with you. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we chill all the time and partake in fun things. You know, that sort of deal. That's cool. Did a lot of jet skiing. Uh, I, I, I'll have to show you. Like, I have, there's a video I have on YouTube. It's like okay. 10 minutes straight of just me ripping around corners. But nice. it's, not an, it's not an easy thing to do. You think, oh, yeah, you just get on it. Well, it's not the one where you sit down like a freaking boat. It's the one where you got to stand up on a little panel that's like, I don't know, like the size of the a folder. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. It's like, what, maybe three feet long and not maybe two feet wide? You just stand there and then you stand straight up and you pull the thing up, but you got to give it the gas. And then you're just standing on that little platform and then you move kind of like a, uh, like a ripstick or something. You just have to kind of move your hips mm. and that, make, that makes the back of the thing kind of like swing around. And you have to kind of like lean into corners or you'll just get thrown. Yeah, I got hurt, dude. Like when I first got here, like right after my birthday, actually. Like two days later, I, I did that. I was like, I, I just gunned it and I was, you know, going 30, 40 miles an hour faster. I don't know. And then I just tried to make a left turn. You don't just like swing into a left turn at like a turn of a dime on something that's on water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It kind of like turns real hard and then skips. And then when that, when it kind of does that little bounce and then hits the water, it throws you, like shoots you off. Wow. So how far did you fly off? Well, the problem is, is my, my right foot slipped off the back panel and I immediately hit my knee. Oh, no. Well, then my, and then my right ribs hit the corner of the jet ski, which is made out of fiberglass. Uh, and I, and all, all my body weight landed like that where I folded on that and then my feet came over the, the top and then I went over to where I landed essentially on my left side, even though I got thrown to the right. So I did a flip over and landed on my left shoulder area. Wow. So yeah, feet straight over. And um, yeah, man, I was out for like six weeks. I couldn't even lift my right arm. It was like I mm. either tore, tore the cartilage or cracked that rib, which I've already cracked a rib in the left, but on the front in my life. And that was pretty bad. And that was about a month or so, but it was more manageable. This, because it was on the backside, I couldn't lay down. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sit in a chair. Wow. <laughs> couldn't ride in a car, ride in a car because of the way like the seats curve. Mm-hmm. It would push on it, and then I, I 
just the bumps and leaning on it and the seat belt and everything. I was just like, ah. I'm sorry, man. Kinda, yeah, it was kind of brutal. So it, it almost broke me, man, where I was like, I don't know, man. Maybe I should just reconsider this whole thing. And I was like, no, I'm not giving up. I was like, I came out here for a reason. And I was like, I am not going to fail. That is not a, not an option. You sound better now, man. Um, that's, I mean, I'm glad you're okay. Uh, what was going through your mind like as the accident was happening? As the accident happened, it was so fast I didn't even know. And then really, some people happened, say slow motion. Well, I knew that I knew that it was I was my foot. As soon as my foot went, I was like, oh no! And I was trying to like you kind of want to just kind of like throw, like either jump off the side or just lay it down. Mm. But by the time I did that, I was already falling with it. Bam! I hit, and then it. It threw me so hard that there's a little like bungee cord that attaches to the, um, like the key essentially, mm-hmm. and it's a safety measure. So when you get thrown, it pulls the key out and it goes with you and it turns it off. It threw me with such centri- tr- centripetal force, I guess, uh, that it actually broke the leash. It just make it made it pop right out. It pulled it, jerked it so fast. Wow. And then it, the key was still in there, and then it was just taking off towards the shore, towards people, and I. Was like, <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, and I had to swim out in pain. And I managed to get it, and by the time I rode it in, I was done. I couldn't even, and we had to still lift it because we didn't have a trailer at the time. We would lift it into the back of this huge Ford F-350 diesel pickup truck. It's like feet off the ground. This thing weighs like 600 pounds. It's brutal. And after we lifted it, I felt like a pop, and I was just like, oh, no. I, I knew. That's when I knew. I was like, oh, like immediately just shot up. Like my body, and I was like, <gasps> I couldn't breathe, and I was like, oh no, and it was yeah, it sucked. Dude. So you immediately went to the hospital? I did nothing. Oh, why? Hospital, dude, out here? Yeah, right. They, there's nothing they can do. There's no cast. There's nothing they can do about broken ribs. I've already gone through this. I've oh. broken, I've broken ribs on the front left side like twice. Jeez. So what do you? If this ever happens to me, man, what do you? What do you do? You gotta ride it out. Same thing <laughs> with like you hyper. Same thing when you like hyperextend a knee or you break a toe or something dumb like that. You just gotta suck it up because there's nothing really they can do. Mm-hmm. What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? Surgery on you? No, it's temporary. Now, if it's something that's permanent damage, sure. But something that's gonna last six weeks? No, you just gotta suck it up and wait. Just didn't even get any X-rays. No. Wow, trooper man. I have a pretty high tolerance for pain. Mm. What do you think that is? <laughs> I don't even think I could go into that on your podcast. You don't want to know. <laughs> this is called Weird Austin. You can get as weird as you want. I don't think you want to know this stuff. But if you do, dude, I don't mind talking about these things. If you don't I'm, mind, I don't mind listening. I'm pretty open. Like, I, like There's friends of mine that know about this shit. Like my friend Josh. Uh, he wouldn't be listening to this. I haven't talked to him in a long ass time anyway. So, um, hold on. I want to put some jams on to kind of. Oh, yeah. Make sure it's not copywritten <laughs> or at least so we can't hear it. Oh yeah. I didn't think about that. Uh, yeah. Good point. Now nah, I'm almost with it. Um, let's see. Well, I've had, let's see. Oh, this is so funny. Um, people that I worked with are going to listen to this. Well, it doesn't matter. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Let up. I'd rather, I'd, I'd almost rather people know how weird and extreme I've gone to. Especially now that I'm an older gentleman. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, and how old are you currently, sir? Oh, I'm not telling. 
All right. That's a secret. Oh, dude, that's what I wanted to tell you. That's so it's so funny. Nobody out here knows anything about me. Nobody knows my age. Nobody knows my background. All they know is from I'm from Austin, Texas, or that I'm from South Texas, and then I did live in Austin, and I don't usually say how long. Well, I've probably told some people, but um, and besides them knowing I'm a musician, obviously I work at Guitar Center. Um, that's kind of it. Nobody knows my age. Nobody knows anything about me. Any kind of affiliations I would have with anything religious, political, whatever. Um, sexual orientation, nothing. Maybe because I've mentioned an ex-girlfriend, but I don't even like. You know, I don't talk like, oh, dude, look at that hot chick over there. I don't do any of that. I'm low key as, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. <laughs> Again, you can cuss. Feel free. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, now nah, I won't go into this because it involves something else. I don't want them to be publicized in that way. Not that they would, I doubt they would ever hear this, but it, they'd probably not like if I talked about it. Yeah, maybe I'll leave. Maybe I'll leave that one alone. Do it. Do it. Um. Okay. So, are you sure, man? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Shit. So one of the reasons I'm real bummed out about this whole situation is because, um. I had one profile picture that for some reason just like got a lot of views. I got really? a, lot, a lot of friend requests at once, like hundreds of women from women. And I was like, what is this? Like, I was like, there must, there must be an algorithm where every <laughs> once in a while they just take a certain photo and then they just push it really hard <laughs> and just throw it out there and see if people just add, you know, just add friend. You know what I mean? Like some sort of statistical research i don't know man all of a sudden i was just getting like bombarded hmm. and i got a lot of requests from a lot of females and i was like okay one hits me up ah, shit, I don't know, shit, I don't know. one hits me up i won't get into too many details one hits me up and i'm just like oh okay he's like oh you live in austin i was like eh, actually i don't he's like oh that sucks um you know uh, i you know i think you're really attractive and, da, 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 da. and i was like oh uh, well shit i don't know like, well, we could still talk. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're there and I'm here. I'm sorry. So I didn't really think much of it. This is right around the time I started working, too. So I just really didn't have time to mess with it. Well, let's just fast forward. We talked here and there. But I was always like, yeah, well, if you ever want to talk on the phone or something, that'd be cool. Oh, I don't know. So I, never, I didn't think about it. And then one day it was just like, just like, I don't care if you're over there. I want you. And I was just like, oh, okay. Mm. When can you come see me? And I was just like, whenever asap it's like okay well um what about this time and it was like you know just enough time where i could request it off i mean dude i bought a plane ticket like within weeks and i mean wow. it was it wasn't cheap but i was like i mean it's not that i couldn't meet somebody here i have and i i did see somebody here briefly which was a total demon uh really really out to destroy me oh yeah just you just go, just go backlog. Look at some of my pictures. If you can find the one with me, uh, with her, then you can tell she's a wild child and <laughs> a, a demon, like a succubus, just sitting here to murder men. Wow. It was she was a, she raged, dude. She she made she scared me. I actually had to I actually had to tell her like I don't I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. I prefer if we don't talk. Um, we just kind of eh, cut it here. Mm. Like I want to have nothing to do with you. 
if we can, I can just walk away from this and you leave me alone. Uh, that, that'd be great. Like, I was just, I, I was, I was like really afraid she was gonna come to my job and try to pull something weird. Uh, you pulled a they, short tank, huh? Just for those reasons, I'm out. They <laughs> like, oh yeah, like yeah, he's a piece of crackhead and he's he, he commits hate crimes. I don't know, just like something crazy. What? Oh god, I'm or, sorry. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it didn't happen, but I was afraid it was gonna happen when I first started working there. Like, I was like, sweating. She did threaten me, so I was just like, "Oh no!" Anyway, so yeah, I was like, "I don't want," to, and I met this other chick, but then she like did the same thing. Like, yeah, I thought about coming by your job, almost. Or oh. no, she said, "I I almost swung by your job." Dot dot dot. Almost. And I was like, "Why?" Like, "Oh, well, I was over there paying my phone bill, and I thought I would just swing." And I was like, "Yeah, don't do that." I was like, "We met we met at a bar one time. That does not mean come dropping in me at work. That's weird." Wow. So I was like, "Yeah, I don't want anybody. I don't want to be involved with anybody around here. That's just eh, I don't need that shit." I don't need anybody bugging me, mm-hmm. especially not at my job and not when I'm trying to figure things out here. Right. Establish my life. So I was like, okay, somebody that's far farther away, that kind of works. So I dropped in and um, immediately it was just like, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I want you to do these things. And I was just like, whoa, okay. And then just started like sending me pictures and sending me videos of, you know, doing some stuff. And I'm just like, okay. You know, like, and then, you know, and then doing little live shows for me. And I'm just like, yo, you are killing me. I, You better watch out. So, yeah, dude, as soon as the opportunity came and, or, you know, like, like I said, I bought the ticket, lined it all up. This was not that long ago, man. This was like a few weeks ago. And, hmm. coronavirus, and coronavirus is already blah, 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 blah happening and people were tripping and all that stuff was already be- and i was like i already and i was like, i told her i was like i already bought the plane ticket so i don't give a shit i'm going she's like maybe you should cancel i was like nope i was like i bought the ticket and it was like over 400 bucks i'm Jeez. coming and we're hanging out and we're doing we're, we're hanging out so <laughs> and that's exactly what happened you know people wearing the mask and i'm like get out of here i go and immediately just like you need to sanitize and sanitize and as soon as I get there she's like take all your clothes off and jump in the shower I'm like sweet <laughs> didn't really work out like that it was really just to make sure I was clean and wash all my clothes all of them and all my and clean all my luggage I was like all right you know but I was like I'll follow the rules man I mean hey I'm a guest and you know lady wants me to drop in I'm not gonna say no so anyway yeah uh, let's just say that it it was the right timing because when I left is when the shit really hit the fan. Mm. And it was that, I mean, not even two weeks later, they were shutting places down and then including my job. So I kind of just squeaked, I just kind of squeaked in at the right time. And it was nice. I mean, it, it's, it was nice because I got to go and then just kind of like, there wasn't a lot that was off the, off the table. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As far as, what she would allow me to do so it was kind of nice that i could just kind of like do all the things that i preferred before i was like now quarantined and i'm in california which is worse by the way you get to still go to your job they trip out dude they're like yes i get to (laughs) well yeah but at least have something to do i get it i get it yeah but now it's to the point where like it's it's crazy, man. You can't even like go to stores here without being six feet apart. And there's all these markers, and they only allow certain people at an, in at a time. 
Yeah. No, they're doing that here. You go to Costco and they have all these like barriers and all these like little sanitation stations and all this stuff. And ah, it's annoying, man. I wanted to, I really wanted to just jump in my car and drive to Texas. But then when I heard that a lot of businesses and bars and everything's just shutting down there too, I was like, well, it's, it's over. Yeah. Well, because I wanted to try to shoot down there and I was like, stay with that chick. But then she was like, ah, coronavirus. Uh, and, no, then you'll be stuck here. And what if it gets really, really bad? And then it's just the two of us and <laughs> get quarantined together. <laughs> yeah. And then it doesn't work out and you're stuck here and um, things get really bad and, you know, you don't have any money. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to be an issue, but I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, it has a point. We met one time. So I was like, yeah, I guess it wouldn't be as much as, as cool as it would be. It could also destroy everything. You know what I mean? But the coronavirus and the whole like, this whole situation now, yeah, is kind of like killing something that seemed like it was gaining some steam. Mm. Not like in a super serious relationship kind of way, but it was kind of cool that somebody just popped up out of nowhere. And then I went over there and kind of fulfilled a lot of fantasy kind of things and had a really fun time with somebody that's fun to hang out with. And before this was, I got... Were you still healing from the rib? Oh, this was, dude, this was like a few weeks ago. No, the rib okay, happened. So... The rib thing happened in August. That was a while back. And then I met the, the the demon in September. She found me, of course. They always find me. It's so weird. She found me, was super into me and all that. But when she started to drink, man, she was evil. Just mm. not even to, just to other people, too. She was just vicious and crazy. And I was just like, whoa. And the last time I hung out with her, she really tried to like, well, you said I could swear on this. She really tried to fuck me over hard. Like, how? Don't throw throwing me under the bus and trying to like, you know, get me in trouble with the law basically. And I was like, wow. no later. I was like, I'm not playing that game. Oh. Trying to blame something on me that she did to keep herself out of trouble. Cause she's a train wreck and a hot mess and already has all these problems and doesn't have custody of your kids and X problems, you know, like a real winner. In other words, <laughs> Man. a real train wreck. This other girl is the total opposite, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's out of sight, out of mind right now. You know, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm stuck mm -hmm. here. I can't travel. I don't want to travel, to be honest. I mean, I'm not scared of the coronavirus. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. And my immune system's like, dude, I haven't been sick in so fuck so so long. I can't even think of it. Like a real, not allergies. I'm talking about actual sick. Ask Christy. Ask Leo. Ask anybody that's ever worked with me. Ask John. I've never called in sick once to that job, and really any job I've ever had unless I was really trying to intentionally miss work because it was paid sick time and I didn't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> like when I worked at Costco and HEB and other jobs where I would just call in sick because I was hungover or I didn't feel like going. Mm. Other than that, dude, I've not called in sick to a job in over 10 years. Easy. I don't wow. get sick. Wow. I, I haven't puked in almost 10 years. I haven't had the flu in over 10 years. Easily. I haven't had the flu since I worked offshore which I talked about in podcast eight. Hey, Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know, but doesn't, but people make a good point. Like, well, that doesn't mean you should just go out there and just, you know, spread it around or jump on a plane and go see your family and give it right. to one of them. Or da, 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 right. Da. Like, right. Yeah. Like I, even when I express interest in like going to visit like my folks in Austin and all that, my mom was like, yeah, she didn't say anything, but wasn't like, yeah, come on. She's like, yeah, you should probably just stay put. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's unanimous. 
everybody's telling me that. I was just getting antsy, dude. I was just like, ah, there's got to be somewhere I can go. It's like untouched, you know what I mean? What I got to do? Jump on a plane, go to Hawaii? You know what? The... Mm. You know what I mean? Just just go somewhere crazy and put it on the credit card and just stay there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somewhere awesome, Fiji or something. But the, you know, if the flights are shut down, it's over. I'm sure Epstein Island is vacant. <laughs> oh no! Yikes! I didn't get started on that. <laughs> go ahead. What do you think about that? Dude, it's a radical change in conversation here, but I'm game. For one, that is not old. That is not news. That is old news. Yeah. Two, Alex Jones even basically said that scenario. Uh, other people did too. Like, of yeah, course. basically, if they get him, he's getting suicided by the Clintons. They said that like a long time ago, mm. and then it happened, and then it was just like kind of a blip in the radar. And I was like, what? Yeah. I was like. People actually said, hey, if they arrest that guy and he can drop names, he's getting suicided in jail. Like, people have said that. Well, you got Epstein, man. That's that's the verb now. And then Weinstein's in the quarantine for Corona, and Weinstein might get Epstein. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, he's probably lower on the um, – I don't know, because, the, yeah, I mean, pedophile island, it's, that, it doesn't get worse than that. <laughs> Jesus. Come on. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, especially if you're like the, the, like the, um, uh, what's the dude's name on, um, Fantasy Island? Uh, not Tattoo, the boss. Yeah, I don't remember. Ricardo, or I don't know, wherever his name is. Montebo? Isn't that the actor's name? I don't know. I can, I can picture the dude. I just can't think of his name. Anyway, you know, the, the host. You don't want to be the host to that place, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> No, I, I completely understand what you're saying. Especially if you get caught and arrested. Yeah, I mean, he was he probably already knew, like, uh-oh, it's over. When are they coming? Yeah. Brutal, man. No, I, I always, like, you know, I whenever I found out Alex Jones is in Austin, I was like, really? So I, I listened to him quite a bit in 2015 and 2016, uh, leading up to actually Trump's election. And, uh, you know, I mean, I was always behind him 100% when he said, you know, the child molesters are in the media and they're in politics, but I still don't understand what he means by interdimensional child. Well, let me say it like him, interdimensional child molesters. Like, I just don't get what that means. Like, does that mean if, if, if you do drugs, um, you go into a, a dimension where no adult can save you and it's just, you know, young Jimmy and, and an interdimensional child molester? <laughs> what is that? No, it's, it's, those things aren't in tandem with one another. Not they're not contingent upon one another. They're two separate adjectives. He's saying interdimensional child molesters. Like okay, so that, what's the first part mean then? Because of the whole philosophy by the rich that they're going to like transcend regular humans with the advent of technology and neuroscience and um uh, ai and all this kind of stuff that they're gonna yeah. like get to that next level and that they're gonna like crack the code as far as like how you know like the coding that's in dna and how to get to the next universes you know all this kind of like stuff that's sort of biblical but sort of futuristic and all that and that the whole like giving into their like sadistic 
tastes and pleasures and all that kind of goes hand in hand because it's like their religion is like the self, you know, it's like the self-serving like destructive power. I don't know. It's like a, like an evil force. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of quoting him really. I'm not saying well, I am all that. How's that different than Satanism or whatever? It's more about them like trying to connect with like, like, whatever beings are already ahead of us evolution uh, evolution wise and like whatever time actually is timeline wise mm. are you know our architects and that kind of deal and they're trying to like find that connection to like the higher level the higher plane you know if it's through like like i said biomech and all this kind of crazy stuff and them uh, leaving earth and leaving the the diseased and the destitute and the, you know, the drug addicts and sexual deviants and all that, leaving the trash behind so their their precious blue blood, 1% lineage from the, you know, old bloodlines of kings, you know, all this like crazy philosophy they have, you know, all the presidents are technically related because, because they all come from a similar bloodline. And that's, you know, goes to ancient times, you know, I'm sure you've heard of all this. Yeah. And that's how they select presidents and all these like rulers in the world of, you know, the real like new world order top chair, you know, the, 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 the real, uh, what do you call it? Knights of the round table that hold it down for real. Mm-hmm. And their whole, that whole philosophy that they're, you know, they're, uh, they're higher, they're more evolved and they're going to like transcend us plebeian layman types and all that stuff but then they have their you know their sick tastes and sick fetishes and you know weird things with pedophilia and mutilating and yeah so it is kind of this weird almost kind of satanism i mean come on the whole like bohemian grove right yeah Moloch, right yeah yeah exactly like that's like sumerian time uh what do you call it symbol or whatever mm. icon there we go idol there that's the word i was looking for yeah the bull and the uh and the owl right and they say that UT, among others ut tower and frost bank look like owls from a 45 degree angle um oh yeah big time but i mean i get it like if that's your symbolism symbolism or symbology or whichever term is correct you want to like i guess erect you know uh, a statue or a monument to you know show that that's what you prefer but i feel like in capitalism man isn't it all about you know coming out on top like i feel like the one percent would probably use us and and their enemies until they get what they want and then it would just be you know only a few so i mean wouldn't that be lonely as shit i mean sure you can transcend different realities in a computer or whatever but like the fuck is the point of that they don't care about regular people they they see us as like in the way diseased taking up all the resources um that's what that's what blows my mind when people are like no, so and so president or person person 
cares about you. Like they don't give a fuck about you. And I'm talking about more like industrialist type people. You know what I mean? The Rothschilds and what have you. Like they could care less if you die. They want you to die, actually. They're all those like secret societies and all that stuff, they think that in today's current population, the earth really needs like 500 million seven. people. At least that's what the Georgia tablets say. 500 million people would be the ideal population. And I mean, doesn't uh, that go to I've, uh, I've heard, Eastern I've philosophy? Heard smaller, I've heard smaller. Really? Like the, the, the group that, uh, what's his name? Um, um, oh my God, what's his name? Al Gore is a part of in different things. Um, something of current affairs. Uh, ah, what is that freaking group called? But anyway, they call for like 750,000 or less humans on Earth would be the most ideal. Mm. Like ancient times level of people or something, something crazy like that. I think those, I was probably in one of those things like Zeitgeist or uh, Esoteric Agenda, one of those kinds of uh, documentaries. Something crazy like that. But anyway, point is, those people don't care about you they want you to die they hope you die they want you out of the way they think they think you're taking something that's theirs i feel like that wouldn't be sustainable though even if we all you know got nuked or thanos snapped into dust you know like eventually humans would just fuck their way back up to you know the high numbers again right not if it's just not if it's just them because they feel like they're blue-blooded and they have the certain level of etiquette, and they'll have a new society that's like more controlled and better, and they'll live forever because they'll have like plastic surgery will be replaced by like nanotechnology that can replace your skin and organs and have all these procedures done and have all of this like technology added to you because they think that they're that important and that like royal compared to a regular people that they're they think that they can achieve this and within the end of this century if they're still alive and they're mm. pushing for it so 2050 is the uh is the singularity date they're predicting right yeah something like that I, mm. i'm not the best at like facts and figures especially when like a lot of the stuff i just don't think about too often i'm surprised i'm recalling so much information when I usually like kind of avoid a lot of current affairs. Mm. I mean, I mean, uh, current affairs, conspiracy theories, anything. I'm usually just trying to like keep myself out of most things, even down to like hot, like you know, cooler talk, office politics at work. I don't even like talk about even something minute about. Hey, did you hear about so and so? Like, I'm just real to myself. <laughs> I don't watch. I don't have. I don't have internet here. Don't have TV, so I don't have any kind of resource like that. All I have is a phone, essentially. And I don't really get on there and look at the news and whatever. I mean, I, I catch what I can through Facebook, and really, I'm Facebook. I just kind of glance through. I'm not like really concerned about too much what's on there. Probably better. I'm like real disconnected. I haven't watched Netflix or anything like that since I left. When was that? July? It's what, eight, eight months or something? I don't know. Mm. So yeah, I'm real disconnected. Like I said, don't have internet. I mean, that's kind of rough, but 
I'm not just sitting there browsing all the time. I'm either working on music or finding something else to do. Cooking. Oh, yeah, you asked me what I cooked earlier, and I didn't even say. He didn't. I'm real ADHD like that. Um, let's see, I made two. No, 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 not two. I made four kind of plump hamburger patties. I don't even make a hamburger. I just make them like hamburger steaks. Where they're, you know, they're real singed on the outside and they're like medium-ish in the middle. But kind of like a crust on the outside, but they're still like warm and nice. juicy in the middle. Kind of fatty. Um, made some pork ribs. Made broccoli. And made uh, potatoes. And no, oh, and jasmine rice. A little bit of soy sauce. Because if I eat broccoli, I have to have a little bit of rice too. I don't know. Just, I guess I got used to eating that way. I'm surprised I don't eat more rice considering I lived in an Asian household for over 10 years. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where, uh, where I stand on the whole, yeah, you know, uh, less population and all that stuff. But I do, uh, I do agree that we are polluting a lot of the earth. And uh, it's interesting to see that a lot of the pollutants have gone away and the ozone layer is starting to fix itself. And, and you know, I mean, just in our society, at least our economy, it does seem like they do need us for now because, you know, look how much, uh, how big of a hit, you know, the stock market took and, and oil prices are low and, you know, we literally have to dip into our tax funds that we pay them in order to bail them back out, right? This is all planned, dude, and coronavirus and all of it is all tied together. It's so it's just that's why I'm just like annoyed but it's like I just gotta like sit it out but like okay yeah gas prices dropping hmm gee had that happen now we're muscling the Middle East to go hey well crisis uh, you know you want to sell that stuff everything's dropping uh, like you said in, uh, environment over China it's drastically improved they want people to go away they were they're getting to the point where they're like okay they're, they're, we're pushing eight billion. All right, man, we need to keep people inside. Quit them from fucking. Quit them from. Get them to quit polluting so much and consuming so much. I wouldn't be surprised if meat production goes down. Um, but the demand goes down. People are like, oh, oh, better buy that bag of rice and just eat that. We're in a quarantine. We're in a crisis. It just feels like everything's planned. Mm, and I'm, what? and I'm like. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. And you know what? In some goofy place like California where they're just going to like, I mean, my job's paying me for 10 days that I was not scheduled. They're like, oh, like you get, like it's another check. You know, five days for, you know, five each week, 10 days, regular hours, maybe 32, because that's kind of full time, I guess, or technically full time, right? 32 hours, 30 hours, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I get that. Then going to furlough, which which is technically like temporary unemployment. I'm still an employee. Okay. And then I just get unemployment till shit, you know, till uh, things resume. You know, shop opens up. Guitar Center's not shutting down. They still have a whole online department. I'm sure they're killing it, to be honest. <laughs> no, I'm serious. They have all these coupons and all that. And you know, people are like, oh, I better order stuff. Can't go get it. Dirt. I've checked, dude. I checked Austin, I checked Dallas, I checked different places to see if guitar centers are even open. No, I, I agree, man. Actually, a lady who works for Fleshlight came in and said the day that they announced everything there, they like 
skyrocketed in sales. They had to close down recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's so that's so funny, man. No, I know that lady. I remember that. I, I I actually wanted to get a shirt from them, but nah, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm brave enough to rock that. They were <laughs> rocking it like it's no big deal, and I'm like, man, yeah. you guys are balls. Well, they, they work there, yeah. Literally. I know, but they're wearing it out like out in public, dude. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even wear that, and I'm a dude. Like, I don't know. That's just I, funny. I joke. They're like, I was like, what's your return policy? Mexican. Hmm? Oh, well, it's like three older Mexican ladies, and they're all like freaking rocking flashlight shirts. It kills me, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but oh, ugh, return policy. God. <laughs> um, but people are blaming China, to, like at least the government, for how they reacted uh, to the to the virus, and some people are just you know looking in the the numbers and kind of figuring out that they're just cremating a lot of the bodies, like. 24/7 in some of these places, like I don't know how accurate this are. This is, but I don't think the numbers that they're reporting are, you know, accurate at all. I mean, yeah, like I think Spain and Italy passed them in death toll, but it's like it makes no sense because it was localized there for such a long time before it got anywhere else, you know? Yeah, man, I almost feel like to just keep going down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole. That like it was like a it was, that's so weird like it's a strategic move to kind of make China look like shit basically to the whole world since they were becoming such a since they were kind of like trying to muscle in this whole like superpower and mm-hmm. you know the whole the whole like flexing between U.S. and China with like trade tariffs and all this stuff I feel like people like kind of like above like people that are way above like. U.S. government, Trump level, and all this stuff. People that are at the, actually at the top are like, oh, hmm, communist country that doesn't want to play ball. Why don't we start this virus there? Kind of put them in turmoil to where they're having a crisis and their industry stops. It's probably mostly industry workers, like factory workers and all that, getting it anyway. And I'm sure Wuhan or somewhere is probably a very populated, busy place that has factories in it wipe out their staff, make them look like savages by making showing them eating bats and all that. Come on, that sounds so ridiculous. Yeah. Eating bats. Just like AIDS, oh they fucked a monkey now there's AIDS. Get out of here. Like that was that was invented too. Um anyway, make it happen in China, kill a bunch of their people, mess up their you know, their um industry and the factories and all that stuff. Make them look terrible to the world, therefore driving their prices down. Therefore, places like the U.S. going, oh well, hey, you know, we're we're pl- we're willing to play ball. I mean, you guys are really in a bad spot, and eh, we don't want to get too close to you, six feet social distancing. But well, we'll still pay you something to make stuff for us, you know, considering how risky it is now. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, what about India and Russia, man? Like India and Russia are pretty big, you know. I mean, how would they combat them? Maybe they have better immune systems because India is already like toxic. That place is already sewage. And Russia, I mean, God, they live in like permafrost and jump in like ice water. And those people, those people are already rage hard. Like, I have the, Russians are the, probably the scariest people on the planet, in my opinion. Think about it. They're the largest. They're the toughest. They're the craziest. And they live in like they live like the most meager. If you think of like realistically, not to like div- divvy this up into like eth- 
like ethnic talks or whatever. But if you really think about like populations of like Caucasians that are usually in first world countries and all that, mm-hmm. think of all the think of all the ones that are like former USSR, Russia, and Eastern European countries. Like they're not first world countries. They live rough. You go over there and you eat pork, you're gonna get sick and probably puke your guts up or shit your ass off, get trichinosis or something. I've heard that from multiple accounts. They got a whole different thing because they're like third world status. And I use them as an example because I can't think of any other population on, or any other demographic on the earth that populates more first world countries. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Asia, what, Japan? That's kind of it. Maybe South Korea. The rest of the place is pretty desolate, pretty rough. And every other where South America, every other part place on earth is kind of like that. Besides Europe and the United States, whatever. But Russia's hit like hard. They they're not living easy, I don't think. Uh-huh. So I think places places that like, that's why maybe in like the places that are maybe like not like getting wiped out like that or, you know, have a like Italy seems like such a luxurious place to live and it's probably so like you know what I mean? Like serene and disease free. And that just like, they probably have a ton of old people too. Like, you know, families live together. People, they're more family oriented there. And great grandparents live with the youngest of kids. They all live in the same house. Right. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. They just got wiped out. But I also heard that they have a huge elderly population. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if I, I don't, like I said, I'm not like a statistician or whatever the word is, keep up with statistics, but how is Florida looking? How are places with more elderly people holding up? Yeah. Um, there's a video that was released 10 years ago uh, called the Anglo-Saxon Mission. And uh, this is like one little segment. Uh, I kind of wanted you to hear. I'm talking about where this is going to go. There are all kinds of heavy controls over populations everywhere. And then the next thing that happens in this in this chess game that's being played is that biological weapons are released on China. You heard this being discussed in this meeting. They will release a flu-like virus that will be genetically targeted against the Chinese population. It's racially targeted against the Chinese people. It's designed to spread like wildfire and to knock out a large number of Chinese people. And these people in this meeting were laughing about this. They said China will catch a cold. Those were their words. China will catch a cold. So he kind of goes on and talks about it. I mean, this doesn't seem like it's a uh, racially targeted thing, but it's definitely it was definitely localized in that area, you know, and it, the government. See, and I'd never heard numbers. that before. And I'd never even heard that before. I was just speculating, dude. And this is a 10 year old video. I mean, he goes really deep into a lot of these things. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just interesting. Uh, basically it was just a meeting with a bunch of people talking about this, the Anglo-Saxon plan is what they called it. And, uh, pretty much a lot of the things that you were saying, <laughs> kind of line up with the video if you have time and definitely you know i don't want to play the whole thing obviously but yeah look into it and that's what i'm it's like weird because i've never seen that i don't really seek out things like that but i see the patterns it just certain things seem just so obvious to me ah but then people just 
whatever. Mm. That can't be. They're just, you know what it is, and this is this is the, the this is what holds people back the most. I think. I hate to say it. I mean, obviously, people get older and they really get set in their ways. But cognitive dissonance is a real difficult thing for people to handle. Mm. And I just learned to accept it. And if you can if you can accept when you get hit with something, are you familiar with the term cognitive dissonance? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, my interpretation is that it basically, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the dictionary says. I just, it's kind of just become ingrained in vocabulary. But cognitive dissonance is when some when you when somebody kind of like it's almost like they're, they're not in shock or something, but when something is said that con- completely conflicts with their beliefs, but they realize it's probably right, or it is, it's right, or it's true, and they can't accept it, and the brain does something where it rejects it to where they'll get like hostile or emotional or just completely like um, disenfranchise the whole, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? Like they, like they, they, it does something. They like, it's like they're getting smacked in the head, and they're just like, it's it's too much to handle. It's like a, it's like a, it's a, too much of a shock. Okay, overload in the brain. From... Uh, yeah, I don't know what the dictionary says, but like I said, basically, when you when you get hit with that, like, because dissonance is supposed, to, you know, dis- dissonance like in music or anything else is when it, it's it's something that's strikingly like unappealing and atypical like a, a dissonant chord has notes in it where you're just like oh like it hits you a certain way where like it sounds sour or like you know like jarring where you're just like oh what the hell mm. and it's kind of the same effect you know cognitive having to do with cognition and the way your brain processes information it's like if i told you something like justin this is actually just a dream and then i snap my fingers and you woke up, that would be, and I was standing right there, you, you wouldn't be able to like believe that because it would be such a, uh, that'd be the most extreme version possible compared to something piddly. Like um, telling a kid that Santa Claus isn't real and they just get like, it just floors them where they're like, oh, my life's a lie. Ah, and they don't want to believe it. And then when it hits them, they're just like, of course. Well, that, ah. just, that just sounds like the five stages of, what, acceptance or whatever five stages of grief where you're originally angry, so. angry but, and all that like you were saying it's a specific thing yeah when your whole belief system gets turned on its head but you know that the thing that you just learned is not wrong and it can't be that's like true cognitive dissonance so luke i am your father oh it's impossible <laughs> i got you yeah okay you know yeah like it's it's a real plot twister. Yeah, it's great. You know, and life needs them. I, I I accept them, and when I'm wrong, and I'm just like, no, and then I realize I'm wrong. I'm like, oh, just, I'm like shit. Okay, so this whole time, and I'm just like, but it's almost like a like a, I don't want to say exhilarating, but it's like when you have that kind of weird epiphany, like, oh, what? I don't know. It's 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 good. It's like you you grew. It's a milestone. You evolved a little. And that plays into conspiracies for you at least, huh? 
you don't think oh, people oh, can the cognitive dis- the cognitive dissonance of n- not turning away to seeing beyond the veil and not just being you know like not believing everything I hear but forming opinions because it's like well that could be the possibility you mm. know what I mean and not just being like no that couldn't be I mean I had a friend I won't say who in college and he was like it was really annoying. 2016 was a really annoying year, personally, because I couldn't stand all the people's opinions and political talk and all that. It was just really annoying. But then some people would say things, and you're just like, what? And you ha- you want to let it go, especially if you're in a place like a college, and there's like a certain status quo, and maybe certain things that you're just like, what are you talking about? And this one friend, he said something. He was like, yeah, because I don't think so-and-so cares. I mean, at least when George Bush was president, like, I could tell he cared. And, and I was just like, what? I was like, dude, that guy doesn't care about you? He was, okay, he was in the military. So he enlisted. He's a little bit, and he's a little bit ahead of you. So he enlisted probably before you. So he was probably in that era. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, that dude did not give, he doesn't give a shit about you or anybody else. He was just getting told what to do and he did it and he's an idiot yeah because he's an idiot i worked for halliburton during that time and i saw how they did things if oil got dumped in the water and it was like a lot or they or they had like a big spill or started flowing up they're supposed to there's always epa regulations all this different stuff oh boy halliburton's gonna be like come knocking on the door no it wasn't even them that said it. it was the company I worked for. So, haha, jokes on them, <laughs> which I won't, which I won't name, which is a defunct company now. Anyways, it doesn't matter. And you know what they told me? Oh, just get out the detergent and dump it on there. It weighs down the oil. What? And I would lean over the side and just like have like big buckets, like the five gallon buckets with a little twist off like cap, mm-hmm. and just hold it from like two stories up and just kind of like pour it, but move back and forth so it would just be splashing all over the top of the oil spill. And then the, the, the weight of the soap, you know, soap and oil work. The oil encapsulates the, I mean, the soap encapsulates the oil. Mm-hmm. Especially when you do dishes and all that, you've got seen. Well, this is a way different, a heavier crude oil. So it would do that, and then it would just, like, basically, essentially make it sink. Because mm-hmm. it mixed together in a weird way. Because it was like this mud oil, like real raw crude shit. Yeah. And then this detergent was like the kind that's meant to get that off the top of the deck when you're swabbing it with a mop or a, or a scrub brush, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you pour this, you pour this crap all over and you scrub really hard and you hit it with water and there's no oil. That's real. <laughs> Dude, that's the kind of stuff you don't want to get on your hands. Yeah. That sounds terrifying. And I'm like, and I'm just dumping this into like the waterways, like not even in the ocean. This is like in like the waterways, like in Louisiana and, and in the ocean, but mainly out there where it's like kind of probably channel back. Wow. I was like, okay, this is going to sink to the bottom of the bayou and just collect in the mud, I guess, or just be in the water. You know what I mean? So, okay, yeah, so back to Halliburton, all these different companies, they do not give a shit. And Bush certainly did not give a shit about anybody, especially not little peons that are like in the any, any armed services. I'm sorry, I'm sure he really did not. He's just probably happy to get it over with so he can get paid and do what he was supposed to do, his skull and bones you know, duty that his father gave. Do you really sympathize with him? Feel bad that he got put in that kind of position? 
Yeah, because he seems like a simpleton, and like he didn't—he's not some evil mastermind. You know, you had your Carl Rove, and you had your Dick Cheney, Carl Rove in particular, and people like that that are just really like evil, money-grubbing masterminds. So yeah, he was probably just like, uh, just like okay, I just gotta like hang in there. But they're all like that, dude. It doesn't matter. They're all related. They're all in the same club. They're all in the same boys' club. Doesn't matter. So we, as and now they got us all in lockdown. Pretty soon it's going to be like, don't leave your houses. National Guard's going to be in the streets to make sure you don't. Just, ah, I'm in the wrong place. That's why I wanted to leave. I was like, dude, the way things are here, they'd probably enforce it. Oh, no, no, no. That's what they want. They somewhere like Texas there to be like, we'll do whatever we want. <laughs> we'll mm. regulate. Texas is more like, we'll regulate how things work. We got this. Well, I heard that a lot of this is, uh, and I don't understand how it plays in with coronavirus, but uh, they're doing the light uh, lockdowns and stuff for when, quote, Trump wins again. And there's like riots in the streets. It's like last time there was a lot of stuff with Antifa, man. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Oh, of course. But um, was- there's. That was in the time frame, dude, 2016 to 2017. That was a horrible time. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, do you think that would be accurate? Mm, No, I think this is more just another scare tactic where it's like, huh, okay, well, wow, we got all of them to just stay at home like we told them to, take away their jobs, and just kind of like, okay, well, we'll give you the stipend to live off of, see how that goes, and then they might just go, okay, well, you non-essentials are just going to just stay out of the way. <laughs> just watch Netflix and chill, huh? Yeah, mm. just, get out, just get out of the way. We don't need you. Order online if you need something. Well, I mean, I always heard purchase power was such a big deal. And I also heard that China and even Canada now, their middle class has surpassed ours in you know, purchasing power and uh, the money they're putting into their respective economies and the global economy. And, uh, I mean, South Park kind of knew that, you know, and that's why they poked fun at China. And you're going to get none of that China money. I mean. Dude, I haven't seen any. I haven't had TV, man. I haven't seen South Park in, like, over a year. Like, it's been a minute since I've seen South Park. I miss it. That's the only thing I, it's the only show I really want to watch. Yeah, so. Uh, maybe um, a few others, but. From, yeah. from what I heard, China doesn't like uh, African-American leads. Um, they like more beautiful-looking people. Uh, they don't like gays and transgenders, and uh, any of that, you know, is kind of a no-no. So it's it's kind of you know it's funny that the quote you know liberal Hollywood, you know, where, where you see that stuff pushed, you know, on Netflix and and uh, you know you get equal, equal representation, and then you know the the government who has the biggest you know, buying power just goes, eh, let's go ahead and just strike a couple of those things. And they're like, okay, you got a boss. You know, I'm just like, wow, okay. So there's your morals, I guess, you know, for the almighty dollar. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and so saying India, man, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen any uh, Bollywood movies, but, uh, I mean, they're fantastic, man. Like, you know, they're, they're super uh, epic. And and very pageantry, you know, filled with pageantry. I mean, they're pretty cool. Oh yeah, I've seen some. 
Uh, there's one I really like, but I don't remember the name. I'd have to look it up. There's like a da- dance sequence in it that's like just legendary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a, a movie, I don't remember the name, but it was like about the the British coming over and and about India getting their uh, their freedom. And it's it's I guess based off of I think the director was like related to to the uh, the main character, and it's, it's like his name is like Reddy, but it's like not spelled like R E A D Y. It's spelled differently, and it's a, it's a longer name. But um, my mom invited us to go see it, and it was like you know, a really small cinema, and there's maybe like eight people in the room, and the movie's like three, like almost three hours long. But I mean, it's it's really cool. You know, you get like all these awesome sequences, and you get all these awesome, you know, uh, battle you know, and fighting, and I don't know, it was, it was a really cool event to go see, and uh, I was like, man, dude, if more movies end up like that in America, you know, I'd be happy, you know, like, I like, uh, you know, the Indian culture and stuff like that, so I don't know, I, I'm happy we don't see them as a threat, and I'm happy that, you know, uh, I feel like the assimilation's already begun, you know, um, I don't know, if you, if you watch well, one of my favorite shows, and I know it's nothing like it probably, but it was uh, Outsourced, uh, written by Pete Holmes. And uh, he, he works at a call center where they have, uh, you know, it's he's outsourced to India. So he goes all the way out to India, and he's like the one white guy leading all these, you know. Yeah. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, because it was a movie, I think. Yeah, it was a movie. And uh, it, one of the best lines, um, they get like all these gag gifts and like holiday gifts. And they're wearing um, like Native American, you know, traditional headdresses and stuff. And uh, if I remember correctly, um, they're like, yeah, we're going to do Cowboys and Indians. Or they bring up Cowboys and Indians. And he's like, oh, oh, they don't like being called Indian. And they're like, why? And he's like, oh, they find it offensive. And then they look even more confused. And they're like, why? And he just kind of slowly walks away. <laughs> he doesn't know how to answer that. And uh, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I thought that was one of the best jokes, man. And I don't know. It, it seems like a very white and uh, fun culture, you know, and it's just like whenever you look at like the People's Repu- Republic of China, you're like, they have a lot of cool stuff too, but like their government is so oppressive and and so pride-filled that, you know, it's just like, I hope they get their chance to actually have, you know, uh, a bigger cultural identity, you know, that that's not being regulated by a government. Yeah. You know, because there's a, there's a lot of history there and there's a lot to you know, to unpack and to, to present. I mean, um, you know, Mulan was always one of my favorite movies growing up. And then, you know, they did a live action one, you know, and they did the same thing with Aladdin, you know, live action. It's just like, uh, why are we doing that? I don't oh, know. No. I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't uh, see those. But it'd be cool to have, you know, just, those countries bring out more stuff like uh germany is bringing out a lot of cool stuff like uh, they have a netflix show i think it's called like dark or darkness about time travel and you know nuclear energy and all this stuff and it's wonderful sorry to keep talking about shows i know you have no access to <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm just like uh you know it doesn't really matter though because i used to just i mean news flash I don't think I really hope nobody just thought like, oh, he moved to California. Then he started burning. Like, give me a break. I never stopped. <laughs> I did for like 
okay, I did for eight months maybe when um when first cash bought out Cash America, then they're like, they're gonna drug test now. I was like, Oh shit, I just graduated college and I didn't have any savings. I was recovering. I was in the negative if anything. And then they dropped that BS right at like the turn of like the year, like right into twenty seventeen. I was like, Are you kidding me? And dude, honestly, in that time frame, I gained a bunch of weight. I was miserable. I was tired all the time. Things weren't like going so great. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then probably around my birthday, so that August, this was before you started, probably around the time Mario started and uh, Liz, I guess. I guess it was like in August when John was still the manager before Leo. And um, I don't know if you ever mentioned any of their names on this. <laughs> Do as you will. Have you before? I mean, you've had Mario. Yeah, and I've had Mario on. Uh, I plan on having Eli on soon. Okay, so yeah, it's. I mean, it's not like they're not really like a part of the storyline per se. They're just like time indicators. So yeah, okay. When John was there, you weren't working there, I guess. I'm trying to like remember to myself. Yeah, right around then, and I was already working at that store. I was like, Shh, I need something after I get out of here. So. <laughs> You know, that, it, that just became regular, but, you know, then I started taking on more responsibility, then they wouldn't be a manager type, and I'm supposed to be pushing on everybody about, oh, we're supposed to be this way or that, and, you know. I never was really, like, pushy about that, but I would, you know, be like, oh, I don't, don't think they know piss test, and da, 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 you know, whatever, like, you know, they, they don't give a rat's ass about that, but stupid scare tactic that they'll run when they first bought us out, and they probably haven't done it since. The dumb scare tactic gets away some money and they know it. But yeah, so yeah, during that whole time frame, I was that's all I was doing. If I wouldn't work, I was at the house blazing, plopped on the couch, watching TV. I wasn't even playing guitar much because I was too lazy. <laughs> and then there towards there towards the end when I quit, then I was really just a vegetable. And I was like, what am I doing, man? I was like, now I'm just postponing the inevitable i mean i'm gonna am i gonna do this or not and then i just that's when i finally just pulled the plug man i was like i just gotta get out of here yeah. i kind of regret that i sold just like freaked out and sold everything um because i don't have anything here like any kind of like i gave mario that interface and like that's the one thing i need so bad right now the interface but really. I, I was happy to just to let him have all that stuff since i know he was trying to like well i have and he bought some from me but just whatever he got out of me, you know, I was just like, well, he'll put this stuff to more use than me. And I, and I couldn't bring it anyway. I really didn't have room. It was, it was kind of a, a nightmare. But whatever. That's why I got a job at a place where I can just buy it all again. And, you know. Dude, the discount's crazy. It's like 10% above cost. Wow. Not all the time, but that's – certain things aren't. You're not going to get a Gibson Les Paul for, you know, super <laughs> Yeah, it didn't work that way. But instead of it being like twelve hundred dollars plus tax, you might get it for like nine hundred total, hmm. which is that's still pretty good. Yeah, it's like no, no, no. This girl, this girl I work with, bought one. And she was like, yeah, basically it was like six hundred dollars off. I was like, that's not a joke. That's a real Jeez, discount. Yeah. 
because it was like maybe six or seven plus tax. Maybe it was like twelve ninety nine plus tax. And then she got it for like seven hundred plus tax. I don't know, something like that. Well, uh, what is anyway? Not to switch gears again on you, but I think it's an important question, man. What's your what's your five year plan, man? What do you what do you see yourself? What do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? Oof, five year plan. Well, my one year plan. I actually had a one year plan, but this is not to complain again. But this is really holding things up because I was yeah. supposed to move. I was supposed to move into a new place, and um, which was really any day now. Well, at the time it was any day now. I was kind of just waiting. I was just, uh, what's it called? Waiting with bated breath, as they say. Waiting in the wings. There we go. But um, that and um, uh, uh, trying to get some music stuff going on, of course. Trying to join some bands. Um, the the one year goal though was to was to yeah to get out on my own, get a place, get some music stuff going, but to record this album that I've been trying to record since like man, I started working on this stuff and uh. 2001 wow when i was in yeah like when i was i was young i was definitely younger and um this is stuff that i've just wrote written and most of it was actually written probably in 2008 2009 which is still a long time ago but the bulk of it was kind of compiled and really written out then and then i've gotten i've done a, a couple more or so recent, like in the last five years, but nothing within the last two years. And I've written stuff, but I haven't recorded for like with drums and you know the whole works. Right. Yeah. So Corey's been doing that, by the way. Corey's been doing a lot of that in the, like in a one bedroom, you know, little apartment. He just kind of does drums and bass and guitar and singing. But he has space to do it. See, I never had that was the, the problem too. Was when I was in Austin, I didn't have, I didn't have really a space, and here I definitely don't. Really? Can't I can't do it here? So it just wouldn't work. Not time frame wise, not mm-hmm. acoustics and volume wise. So it's it's like going to that next step, which was Homeboy's house. Like now, the dude that I'm trying to shack up with, that's over there near more like the beach and whatever, lives like a kind of like a I don't know, man. It's it's kind of Looks like a beachy, older, like an older person's beachy neighborhood. I don't, it's, it's strange. It, it's hard to describe. But the thing is, it's a house and it's like a four bedroom. And there's other dudes that live there, but it's all bachelors. There's no like live in families or live in girlfriends or any kind of weird stuff. And the dude that I work with is like the most like calm, slow, low voice, chill dude. He's always just like, what's up, dude? <laughs> hey what's up man what are you doing uh eh, nothing like I, I i don't i i would like to see him get rattled to be honest <laughs> I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen him i've seen him frustrated where he just goes <sighs> it'd be pretty nice if i could uh go to lunch right now or you know something like that and even then that's not like irate you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, I can work with that because if I can stay off this dude's nerves or whatever, then we're and I'm just doing my own thing. I got my own room, I got my own setup going on, and 
playing and recording all the time, that'd be it. That's it right there. Okay, one-year plan, though. I don't know if this fits in the one-year plan. The recording the album, definitely. Um, let's just say five-year. Um, five-year, I kind of think I want to stick with Guitar Center, um, but transfer to the, the, the um, flagship store. Mm. The flagship store is the first store, which is the home base, which is in Hollywood. And that store, dude, looks like a, like a, I don't know, like some kind of weird futuristic condominium complex or something. What? It's like multi-tiered, multi-level, different floors, but there's like three different segments of the building. And it looks like, kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a, like it seems like you're going to like a weird, like artsy, futuristic furniture store or something. Because there's like there's all these different levels and like like, like IKEA. The, no, because IKEA. I mean IKEA. Which IKEA are you talking about? Because the one in Georgetown <laughs> is all all just flat, right? Like the one in Houston is like two levels and yeah. No, but it, it's it's more like a museum where like have you ever been to like a like a museum where it constantly makes you have to like go up and down different like not really like let like floors but like tiers where there's like four steps and then you're up in this little platform how's bookstore in portland oregon okay well just somewhere weird like that where it seems like it's like like a hobbit designed it or something it's all these like different like <laughs> levels <laughs> it's okay. it's so strange and the parking lot's in the behind the building and then you walk down a hill go into the downstairs but then when you go in, you go upstairs and then different like the like the vintage is all one like room and it's two floors. And if you ever watch the Guitar Center like YouTube page where they do like Guitar Center presents Foo Fighters unplugged or, you know, some dumb crap like that. Right. And it's like our Joe Bonamassa playing the blues or some kind of famous person doing acoustic stuff or whatever. And there's a little stage that's in the store. Hmm. And it's just, it's crazy, dude. And like the pedals, like they have like a hundred pedals and they're all just on the wall and you just plug in and you just hit the one you want to use. And that millions of, like it's just guitars, like a big, like the guitar room's a circle and they're all just on in little like, uh, not really hooks, but like little like segment or little, little kind of like that multiple guitar stand that I gave Mario that holds multiple guitars and they're all just like separated by little separators of foam or whatever. Yeah, in this guitar center, just like guitars, like just like lining the walls, and, a, and like a, a whole room is encircled like that. And then there's all these like riser like platforms, gondolas, if you will, that have amplifiers on them. And then, like I said, you turn the corner and then you go down a bunch of flights of stairs, and it's like this like the passageway. Oh, like a hospital. There we go. You go down like a few stairs, and then like the the sides of you of the little hallway are glass you can see out and then you go to this other floor which is a different like area of the store like the acoustic room and stuff hmm. you know what i mean so it's like these different like pods that are separated by these like kind of like glass <sighs> greenhouse like hallway things it's it's really bizarre dude but and that's i know flagship yeah that's guitar center's home base that's where they do all the vintage stuff so, like anything that's vintage like if you get something from um well, I don't know if they would help you <laughs> since you're not like a guitar center person. Yeah, maybe. Maybe if you just called them and said, hey, I want to sell this one thing. What would you give me for it? They would probably say, I need pictures. But if you're willing to send them pictures and it's of one of your customers, this is a little workaround that, 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 that nobody at freaking 
first cache probably even knows. I figured this out. You take the pictures of the customer's thing, act like it's yours, send it to the vintage team at Guitar Center and say, hey, how much is this worth? They see the condition, they do all this, they give you a quote, and then you have an idea. Of, and then they go, yeah, and you could probably sell it for 1500 bucks, but give them like nine. You know, like blah, blah, blah. Then you just use them as a resource to price something for you if your customer at your job doesn't mind waiting. Because ah. <laughs> that's exactly what we do. Mm. Uh, was it always that big or did it just like get bigger as the prestige and the they remodeled it, it. they okay. remodeled it but it's funny because Sam Ash which is also a big music company if you haven't heard of it is across the street and that's their flagship store so they all they both started in the same place <laughs> that's great and they're competitors and then Sweetwater is the other real big one yeah because uh, but their base out of Houston but mm. Musicians Friends is owned by Guitar Center. That's what a lot of people don't know. Music One Two Three and some of these online things—they're all Guitar Center. Huh. But Sweetwater, Sweetwater is not, and they're their big competitor. And then there's another small company. If you look on eBay, called—I uh, don't know if you how far you get into looking for gear on online. There's another company called Pitbull Audio, and they have a lot of good deals. They're based out of San Diego, basically. And when I found that out, I was like, damn, I could just go there and so I buy this crap online. I can maybe go haggle with them. Hmm. hey you know you know our best offer on ebay i'm here in person buddy i got cash what's up <laughs> are you flipping right now or not now but were you flipping there um yeah mostly my own stuff but I, I when i didn't have a job i felt like i was obligated to not just sit here and do nothing and i needed income especially if i was gonna be spending money so i sold a lot of like my collectible shirts but I would find things every once in a while that I could turn around and make a profit on. I actually bought something there at, uh, at your, your guys' store when I was there last. And it was something that was like marked down, like aged as hell. And it was like 40 bucks. And they weren't going to sell it. And then I brought it here and I wasn't able to use it. And I'm like, oh, I could probably sell this. I ended up selling it for like 150 bucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's a turnaround right there, man. Yeah, it is. And I've done that a ton of times. And then I, I started going through all the like different things I've picked up and bought and collected from there over the years, especially little parts and tools. Mm-hmm. I started selling them and I started making money from just little tuners and crap that I've you know, had all these years that I picked up along the way. So, you know, I was being kind of resourceful. And it was a lot better when I finally got a job, especially during the holidays. It was, I was working, dude, I was working like 100 hours or more every two weeks and like, 50 something hours of it would be like overtime. That was insane. Jeez. Well, you got to think about it. If you work 50 hours in a week or something, you know, and you every day you're exceeding eight hours by two hours, you know, you're getting two hours of overtime every day for five days, 10 hours of overtime, four weeks out of the month, <laughs> 40 hours of straight 20 something dollars an hour. Or, well, what was it? Oh, yeah, it's like, I don't know, whatever it is, 1950, I guess. So, yeah, it's pretty silly. Uh, I like I like your plan, man. That sounds that sounds awesome. I hope. Oh, that's that's not the full plan. I'm, I'm such a bozo, dude. I'm like, I'm, now I'm like kind of coming down, so I'm just like, dude. <laughs> um, well, which is to try to do some session work try to do more online content like these videos that i've just been doing recently are like crap quality i'm not i'm not trying to like really execute them i was really just trying to do it 
as a way to keep myself doing something every day mm-hmm. and learning something new. And I was like, well, if I have to record myself playing something that I just learned and I'm really trying to learn it, I'm really trying to learn it, like something that's complicated and fast and has a lot of parts to it. And I'm trying to learn it in like a day, a few days, maybe like this, this last one I did. Yeah. I took a few days on it, but it's also like insane. Some of the other ones though, I learned in one day, a few hours, but I just sat there and did it over and over and over with a metronome and then learned, did it to guitar pro, did it to the recording, get a recording of a song you like, uh, and then use the um, software to slow it down a little bit halfway three quarters way learn the song as best you can that way and then just bump it up bump it up till you can play the song the way it goes and play it that's the best way to learn songs man mm. and that's the best way to practice like the song that i just played is like stupid i mean i didn't play that's the thing too is like yeah i messed up a lot but i didn't stop that's the number one thing um this ties in with what i'm about to say five-year plan which is I want to start making more online content, but I want to start teaching in person, but also online. But I want to emphasize on people like learning anything, an exercise or whatever, but to play it and record it. And I just want to start doing that as a regular thing that I do. I think what I want to start doing now is recording myself playing, improvising and doing it all the time and posting it, even if it sucks. Because then I know it sucks. Because when you do a real recording or you do a performance for like at a bar or in person, there's no there's no redo. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. At least if I'm recording these things and I'm playing them all the way through, I'm taking the take that I like. You know what I mean? Exactly. In life, you don't get to do that. Nope. So if I if I do this enough, where I'm recording myself all the time, and I'm going, okay, I got to do a take that's good because I don't feel like doing this a hundred times in a row. This song I did maybe five times and when i nail it when i did this one and i got to the finish line i was like i don't even care that i messed up the middle close enough it you can see that i know how it goes and uh, certain times i did the repeat right certain times i didn't at least it shows i can do it i just didn't do it consistently the whole three and a half minutes but that's a long time to constantly be playing notes and being all over the guitar the whole freaking time and playing it from memory yeah. This is something I just I just learned. So it's like it's like information overload. But I emphasize people that want to learn, like not to learn the hardest thing you can. You can, but challenge yourself to try to yeah to try to do something that's out of your comfort zone and work towards it to where you think you can play the whole thing thing beginning to end and to prove it. Because the thing is, if you do it to a metronome, you're probably going to fudge a note and then redo it by like like um process of rote and like muscle memory it's natural inclination where you're like you know you just keep on rolling with it right or you go and then you go and you are a lot of people do that too and i do it all the time i go damn it and then you go back and then you if you're playing to a click i mean like a metronome or or you're tapping your foot and you're not playing to the recording or jamming with somebody to be more uh, precise. Um, but the recording is obviously the best way because it's like, if they recorded it right, you got to play it right. And you got to play it the way they did. So if they didn't play it exactly robotic, like a machine, and they have their little little up slowing down and speeding up and errors, or I don't know, whatever, right? Stylistic things they do. 
slur a note and kind of go, you know, you can't write, there's not something like that. You can't write out on paper as easily. You just have to kind of do it and hear it. You know what I mean? Like um, singers do it. Singers you, do it all the time. You're a singer. You, you understand. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Could you explain your degree and your qualifications for anybody who doesn't know real quick? Okay, so um, unfortunately, it's not reflecting as much these days, but um, I did go to school for music. Um, originally, I went for composition, but ultimately, tying into what I was saying about these videos and whatever, I wanted more of a challenge as a player. So I switched essentially after I did my associates to performance uh, because I didn't want to do education because education is more like they make you do block. And block means like marching band, like high school marching band, like all the block formation, mm -hmm. you know, all the stuff they do on the field and all the corny songs and all that. And I'm not going to teach high school. I don't care about that. Um, and that just that has nothing to do with what I want to do. So performance would be better because then I have to be able, basically the way I saw it, if I could get, if I could do a four-year degree in performance at the university level of jazz, that means that I can perform at a certain level and that kind of puts me at a certain place that, that I should ideally, well, I'm not doing it as much as I've in the last few years, but until now, but hit that kind of like plateau. Well, ideally you don't want to plateau at all. You want to just go from, hit that milestone and keep going. I didn't, but now I'm trying to pick up on it, but I didn't forget all that stuff. That's the good point. So I do want to teach. I do want to further my education. Uh, in the next five years, I would like to go get my master's degree and finish it. That's a part of my five-year degree plan. Nice. It, only takes, it only takes two years to do it, so I'm hoping within the next year or so, wherever it may be, that I can get in there and try to wrap that up in two, at the most, three years. And just go and watch live music as much as I can and be around it as much as I can. You know, I thought I would hate working at Guitar Center and then all the noise and stuff would like irritate me. Because I'm not gonna lie, dude, like even at the Music Center, uh, Cash America one, the store I came from before the Riverside one, I was always just like, I don't know, man. I was just not into music at the time. And I was really irritable and I didn't want to hear anybody else play and I wouldn't pick up guitars and goof off with them. I don't know. It was just, I was just not into it. Maybe school like burned me out. I don't know what it is, but when I started working at Guitar Center and I was hearing people like, dude, I, I don't know how to express this, but like, this is a different place, man. Like I hear, I hear 12 year old kids that like destroy on guitar to where I'm going home and like night at like, what? Like, like some of these songs, like one of the songs that I learned is like one of the ones that like the kids quote unquote, it's like, what the kids are into you know what i mean like hey that's like what's hip now like it it's like their music but it, it's not because it came out like earlier it came out in 2008 but still it's like a band is popular right now what i'm trying to say is i hear younger folks kids whatever i call them kids because they're a teenager they're a kid to me it, for you listeners out there if you're under 21 to me to me you're a kid sorry <laughs> just the way it is so these kids are playing stuff like this i'm like okay so that means i gotta play this because i'm not gonna be as shown up by some punk ass kids but yeah dude like all the time and it's not just kids it's like old you know everybody in between but I, what i'm trying to say is i hear killer players all the time and i work with people that can totally play 
So that puts me in a position where I'm like, okay, I got to be on my game. So I can't be looking like a chump. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm actually pretty competitive. Like I don't show it. Even as a salesman, I'm pretty competitive. I mean, before I went to salesman at, you know, over where you work, I mean, I was kind of cleaning up before I went into management. I was top dog there for a good while too, but I wasn't competitive. I wasn't outwardly competitive, but in my head, it was more like, I got to get what I got to get. And that's kind of how it is out here. I'm not trying to like, eh, you know, so-and-so at work and play this. I better learn it too. I don't care about that. I just want them to know, like, I'm on top of my shit. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like, I got to, like, keep it up and keep excelling. So, and, and I'm not, a, I, don't, I don't try to be a show off and I don't crank and I don't go, hey, check this out, guys. But if somebody goes, hey, play something. Yeah, do something, blah. So, well, you know, they make a request, play some blues, like, da, da, da. I don't know, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. I'm not trying to be Mr. Show Off. I'm just saying, letting people know, like, well, I am capable and this is what I can do. And so, yeah, it's, Got to stay on my toes out here, man. And if I go up to somewhere like L.A. where the real shit's at, then I got to definitely be competitive. And, I, dude, I don't have delusions of grandeur about being famous or some kind of rock star type. I don't even like that kind of attention. Right. I really don't. I don't even know if I could be in that kind of atmosphere with all the pre- pretense and all the whatever. It just seems lame. I have a hard enough time being in a band with other dudes that don't, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to work too often. But somebody always wants to be the leader, and they think that they're going to be the leader and tell me what to do, and that never works. And it's not because I want to be the leader. I just don't like being told what to do. <laughs> not at a job, nowhere, no facet of life ever at all. Hell, even there, I was, I was always like, eh, I don't know. Like, I, I would question anybody. I'd question Ray. I'd question everybody that all those guys. If they're like, yeah, we should do it this way. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I mean, it seems better if we did this. I'd say that in class, like out loud. I wouldn't even raise my, you know, like if, if I thought it, I had to say it because in my head, I'm like, well, clearly this is better. Why wouldn't I tell them? Everybody's going to benefit. And I'm not thinking about like place and posturing and egos and, and seniority, like all that goes out the window. Cause in my mind, it's like, nope, this is logical and this is better. Therefore I need to implement and share. You know what I mean? That's how I am. Yeah. And I'll shoot, I'll shoot down other people and t- say what I got to say, not to belittle them, but just because I, I feel like I have to. It's necessary. And that goes into the competitive thing too. Like I just like I'm like nope, I, I have to make these things happen. It's all like just like processes and whatever. Not all this emotional, weird, egocentric, psychological stuff. I don't know. It's, it's strange. But that's the only way I'm going to excel out here, too, is if I'm teaching and I'm trying to always be one step ahead. So, like, all this stuff I'm learning that's super fast and technical, yeah, I'm doing it because it's like, feels like it's a sense of accomplishment. It's also to like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like a part of your portfolio, I don't know, or something. Yeah, I know but your accolades, man. Kind of you're, you're on your resume a little there, even if it's not perfect, like, oh, this dude went for it, kind of got it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah and that's what i'm trying to do here and then you know like i said now i'm going to try to move towards like here's some stuff i did i'm probably going to do one of my own songs that's what i really wanted to start doing is get people enough to kind of pay attention okay especially people here in california that like i haven't really been trying to pour myself out and whatever and 
advertise like some people do it too much it's just too like they post videos all the time look at me look at me and that's when i don't even bother and i didn't want to cross that line that's why after one week of doing it i was like okay you know maybe kind of taper it down a little bit but make them more substantial make them mm-hmm. longer make them make the content cooler something more difficult or something different not just banging them out every single day half-ass covers with poor sound i mean i'd like it to be better obviously it is what it is, but it, you know, like I said, it keeps me busy. It's keeping me doing something productive and kind of advertising, put me out there. And if I start playing my own music, then that, you know, that's putting it, that's promoting as well. It's PR for that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's, that's coming. I, I think I'm going to do another one that's, I don't know. I feel like I need to do some more like jazz chord melody things, more, some more just improv solo. That's more cerebral. Well, like coming from, you know, a fan, if you will. You know, I've been watching some of your stuff and I've talked to you a lot about music. Um, you know, just being introduced to something that's that's different is always cool. You know, uh, something that uh, has a purpose or, you know, if it doesn't have a purpose, at least it symbolizes something, you know? Something See, that comes from you. Yeah, that's why I want to do some originals. I want to... Oh man. <laughs> so, um, this, this dude that I work with that he lives right around the corner for me at this quarantine thing wasn't going on. We would be like banging out recordings. He's got the setup too, man. But I showed him that, that ridiculous R and B kind of sleazy thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause remember I did a second one out here, out here. Remember I kind of like ad libbed one. Yeah, and it was it was completely whispered. So, <laughs> well, yeah, because I I sent it to that that girl, that demon girl. <laughs> demon oh girl. no! Because I was like, I because um, I don't remember how it came about, but I wrote it out and then I sent it to her, and then I was like, yeah, just in case she's like driving or doesn't doesn't even read it or something. And plus, I want her to know how it goes. And I was like, in my head, I knew how it went, but I didn't quite nail it. But I did that recording, and I'm so glad I did because now I remember. I still remember how it goes, so I can still utilize it in a way. Hey, hold on, I gotta like be quiet here for just a sec. No, oh, I can't see. Going outside, that's why. Anyway, um, yeah, I still want to do that though. That's that's I haven't forgot about that. But we were we were messing around with some of that stuff. And I, <laughs> uh, people, people, if anybody's still listening at this point, it's been forever. Or <laughs> um, probably like, what are they talking about? But it'd be fun. Ah, there's only a way. Ah, if only there was a way. There, I'm sure there is a way. We could devise a way where all of us um, collabed on that. Or maybe if I could just record enough of it and then. I'll let you guys flow over it, and I'll just do all the those kind of like singing re- repeated parts. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to, you know, get in on that too. Maybe harmonize. I don't know something. Oh I'm no, kinda... you're you're the Jimmy Pop of this group. You're definitely the Jimmy Pop. But that would be funny if I just could kind of put it on a loop. But I just wouldn't want it to be the same riff or whatever over and over and over. Right. But kind of instrument, you know. Making an instrumental that has some kind of length to it, two, three minutes, you know, hit songs usually are not more than that. 
but then have these wide open spaces. Because uh, I, I do have my little rap verse. It's like the very first one, but it's so corny. Do you remember it? I do. Shall I repeat the first line? Because the first line is where it all started, if you remember when we were at work, actually. I do. <laughs> Please, go for it. I think it was something to the effect of, girl, I like my women, like my chicken, dark meat, juicy thighs, and ooh, finger licking. <laughs> That's where it all started. But then have, you know, two lengthy wide open spaces where you guys could just like have at it. Oh yeah, that would be fantastic. I would love to collaborate. <laughs> the reason I brought that up is because he's got the like the pro setup, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like the real you know what I mean? Like Pro Tools and the all all the gear and whatever. And I was playing, I was just kind of like telling him about it. And he's actually a really good singer. And he was kind of harmonizing with me. And then we started doing I started kind of messing around with the guitar riff because I told him how the melody went. And he started programming drums. I was like, oh, dude. I was like, but I can't leave my buddies in Austin out of this because this is something we had talked about. You know, it would be fun to have them in on it. And around that time, I think you guys had posted that video where you guys were cruising in the car going to a party or something. That was fun. Yeah, we went to go see Tomar and the FCs at the White Horse. Yeah. And he put on a hell of a show. Well, they put on a hell of a show, man. It's funny. Um, a bunch of people were out front. And a couple people were standing in front of me. And I'm just like... Get the fuck out of the way! I want to see the band. Like, dude, this keyboardist is shredding, dude. Or you know, like the the guitar player and the drummer are just going at it. You know, it was it was really fucking cool, honestly. Where is is the White Horse on? Where is that at? Is that Rainy Street or something? Uh, Mario drove, and I drank a little bit, so I don't know. <laughs> but oh. I'm a, a quick Google search should should answer any and all questions. But yeah, man, it was really fucking cool. Um. And, like, it was kind of funny because, like, I was paying so attention to the band. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, they kind of, like, noticed me noticing them. So they're like, oh, shit, okay, here's here comes my solo. <laughs> you know, and they, they kind of go and, you know, just flare a little bit more than normal. And then uh, at the very end, man, we went to backstage. I mean, it's just like a little hallway. And I was like, hey, Tomer, how you doing? He's just like, oh, shit, it's you guys, man. It's so cool to see you all. We appreciate it. And I gave him a hug. I thought he was wearing a silk shirt. Dude, he was drenched in sweat. Like, that's how much he left out of there on the stage. I mean, it was fantastic. And he, he just, <laughs> you really brought it, man. And they sang the whole time. And he brought in some family members and, and some other people. And, you know, they sang a duet and did a, it was really cool, honestly. It was right before the corona thing and right as the, the beginning. And, uh, yeah, man, I'd love to go see them again because they put on one hell of a show. And there's a lot of people in Austin who, uh <sighs> who should be playing right now, man, and they can't. It just sucks ass. You know what's crazy, dude? Is Remember I told you, probably not in this podcast, hey, everybody, um, but the phone call from earlier is I applied for a lead position. I was like, dude, you're going to make more money as a salesman. This place is a gold mine, dude. Like, people just walk in and buy $1,200 guitars off the hook. You know what I mean? Like, You're cutting out just a little bit, by the way. You might need to get closer to Whatever Wi-Fi you have. I don't have Wi-Fi. I'm oh, using yeah. the phone. Ooh. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, my phone has plenty of charge. Actually, this is the thing, too, man. I have to use data all the time. Um, but even then, the, the signal, because I'm in the mountains, not great. I don't know where the next tower is, but it's probably, like, blocked by a freaking mountain. <laughs> 
I'm at the top of a hill, man. If I took a picture, it would. I, if I could see the street, you would see how far cars are away. I mean, it's not like a mountain mountain like Colorado, but needless to say, I have to go up, on, you know, substantial hill to go to and fro any store. Da, da, da. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's actually kind of cool because I drive standard. So I just like put it neutral, and just roll down the hill at like 60 miles an hour. <laughs> Pretty fun, actually. But, um, Oh no, how did we get sidetracked like this? You're yeah. talking about how you oh, applied? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the sidetrack was the towers. Uh, yeah, so I was wanting to be a teacher, and they're like, nah, dude, salesman's better. And then I saw the money I was making, and blah, 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 blah. The teachers were the first ones to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because everybody was canceling their, um, what do you call it? Lessons. And those guys are contract labor, so they're not getting paid right now. Uh, and they can't do gigs, so it's like, being a musician, uh, I hate to say it, it's not the best time. Unless you're, you know, doing something at home, like recording or whatever. And that's why, see what I need to do, I'm trying to, you know me, I'm always scheming. I'm always trying to, <laughs> yes, you are. Figure the, trying to figure the workaround. So I get an employee discount, but technically we're not at work. And the only way to do that is at the store level. And I've called all these different people. And basically the only kind of real answer I could get was, well, if you can find a store that is open. So I got to find one that's in like Iowa or somewhere where they maybe are still open because it's like, there's like no coronavirus or I don't know. They're just not a concern, I guess. Mm. Then get them on the line. And then just tell them my situation. Hey, look, I work at this particular store. Uh, here's all my info. I'm definitely an employee. But, uh, yeah, I want to buy stuff with my employee discount. Um, can I just order through your store and you give the okay on it and then just have it all shipped to me? Even if that means – because anybody can hop online and order stuff. You could. I could. And it's like, but I don't, dude, I don't want to pay full price. I'm a freaking employee, man. And right now is the time for me to gear up with everything I possibly need and then just like hammer away at all this stuff that I've been meaning to do, including recording this album, which is going to be 10 times harder than anything I've recorded on Facebook and YouTube lately. Like even this last one I did, all my stuff's harder than that. Of course, I won't be playing it all the way through on a video. It'll be, you know how recording goes. You can sit there and chop it up and whatever. The point is I have a a mammoth mountain of work to knock out. And this is the time to do it. So carpe diem, you know? Absolutely. Well, man, we're getting close to the two-hour mark here, so it's probably time for some uh, closing thoughts. But um, how, how long did we go the first time? I just want to know that real quick. Uh, I can check real quick. You talking about with you and Mario? Yeah, because didn't we, like, really push the boundary? Yeah, well, back then I was, uh, I had a limit uh, of how much data I could upload. So it looks like we hit just shy of 50 minutes. So we've over doubled. <laughs> so that's good. Oh, yeah, uh, we do, dude, we've been going, man. We've just been, like, we just, like, covered the whole <laughs> circumference of talk point world. 
Well, you know, I always enjoyed uh, your mind. I mean, you know, I always thought you'd be one of the perfect candidates for Weird Austin because, I mean, you know, I know you remember you and I would just riff back and forth and just talk shit. And I mean, <laughs> you know, it was good. Um, that's so, why I want to hang out with you guys when I come back because the three of us, I mean, I, that's, that's that was a great thing is that everybody that worked with us, I mean, for, you know, we all got along. That was all great. But the three of us always seem to be kind of like, you know, palling around and causing the trouble and doing all the shenanigans and <laughs> talking all the shit and whatever. You know, everybody else was involved, too. But I'm just saying, like, this kind of weird talk and geeking out and all that kind of stuff. So it'd be cool to drop in and hang with you and um, Mr. Afro, if he still has it. He does. Senor Floof. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is, he's taken to cutting his own hair uh, without any salons around. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't, though. <laughs> but, hey, I've been doing it for years. <laughs> well, your hair is so long, Selena would be jealous, honestly. But, okay, so my closing question was, um, you know, you are uh, my my elder here. I mean, not by much, but, I mean, you know, to the younger kids, to the to the Elis and such, I mean... You know, <laughs> what do you what do you want to tell him, man? What do you, do you have any warnings? Do you have any, you know, any um, any lessons? Um, sure. Um, ah, oh boy, that's, that's heavy. Um, don't become complacent uh, where you're at in life. Don't. I mean, I'm not talking about a job or this or that. Just don't become complacent. And then, like you said, from an elderly statesman, from a little seniority here yeah don't come complete become complacent like i did really i mean dude i I banged through school fast and then i just did nothing for like two years and if you think of in a broader spectrum my living situation which we won't get into but my prior living situation that was being complacent that wasn't being happy but that wasn't being like knuckle drag out battle brawl it was just accepting complacency and some sort of just vanilla plain normalcy that's not a good idea that's how people get stuck at jobs they hate that's how a lot of people get stuck in relationships that don't work that's how people never do anything they ever plan to do i mean i didn't think i was gonna be trying to do this album this late in life i think i would have done it by now i figured i'd be over it um i didn't think i was gonna be doing a lot of things dude i didn't think i was gonna a few weeks ago fly to somewhere and do a bunch of wild shit with a female you know i mean nothing i had done before but (laughs) things that aren't normal (laughs) things that aren't normal uh not not usually Hmm. you catch my drift so just go for it i mean who gives a fuck it who cares that's how i've been lately man i mean yeah i'm i'm over here and i'm hoarding money and i'm hoarding i'm being very responsible to be perfectly honest but uh, I don't know how this. What is your what is your policy on what can be talked about on this show? Uh, as long as the government doesn't shut me down, I'm gonna keep going. Oh, okay. Let's. Well, well, okay. Then this is legal anyway. But man, I freaking blaze every day, dude. I mean, I don't not not before or during work. I, that's that's just always been my policy, even when I was there there. But in the in between, like right now, yeah, just go outside. Who cares? It's like nothing. And this is like, I'm just, dude, I'm just rolling with it. And then like during Nam Week, I went up to LA like four times. 
saw like you know a bunch of shows and saw a bunch of famous people and i just whatever i just, just fucking go for it like i had a job and i was working a lot but you know just yeah because i i don't feel like i'm old in any kind of way because i'm not but most people because they don't know anything about me don't know my age and all that they're like oh what are you like 25 27 i'm like sure <laughs> But that's how I, I mean, really, that's kind of how I feel. I feel like my life got put on pause around that time when I was living my previous life with a previous person, if we'll go there. Wow. And my life got put on pause. And then when I left, it's like I just kind of like woke up and was like, oh, yeah. Where where did I leave off again? Oh, here I am. How does that feel? Ah, it's, dude, it's like being reincarnated, really. I mean. I, I, I we, we got to hang out because after I left there, I mean, I, I look back and I'm like, man, I was probably very negative and like miserable. And I, I probably complained a lot and shit like that. And I, I think that became a characteristic that people knew of me. Oh, he's, he's complaining about his home life. And, no, uh, I saw I saw you making a bunch kinda of gloomy. Sacrifices. Seemed kind of gloomy, but I wasn't always in a good mood, probably. And, you know, I had my days and da, da, da. And like here, it's like a, it's, I'm not saying like, oh, it's so much better, da, da, da. But no, I just like, I had a different outlook. And I'm not saying from when I quit. And it's really when I left and got here, I, I just, I've been real big on optimism. And every time something bad happens to me, like the rib thing happening, which could have been worse. The thing happening with the first girl that I dated here, which, I mean, it was still an experience. I have stories to tell and pictures to show. I mean, she was very interesting. And she was a pretty girl. And, you know, it was kind of cool. It was uh, another one for me to cross off the list of um, a particular flavor. Damn, that sounds bad, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, what what am I supposed to say? Like, I, had, I hadn't... Well, that's not true. I'd already been in it. I've already tasted that flavor before. But <laughs> it was nice to revisit, okay? I mean, the look... <clears throat> The looks you get and the and the it's just it's different, man. It's it's different to experience different things, you know, different women, different cultures, different whatever. You know what I mean? So to wrap this all up, I know that was very long-winded. Is the the younger guys and all that like yeah this like this coronavirus and all, all this bullshit and it's gonna pass and we're all gonna forget about it. We're all gonna move on. And if we don't, we should really push to make it that way. Because if we just go, oh, well, I guess this is how it is now. No, fuck that. The way it's supposed to be is you do what you want. And if you're willing to put in the work, make sacrifice and all that, you can have a fulfilling life. And you shouldn't just get hammered in the ground. I know it sounds very like ideological and it's not realistic, but that's how I've been living. I mean, don't screw anybody over. Be smart with your money. Try to have a good time that doesn't require spending a bunch of money. Yeah. You know, you don't have to buy a bunch of drinks and entertain these chicks and all this. I mean, there's some out there that are just willing to hang out. And you don't have to do all this big production or whatever. I don't even care, man. I don't even try. And I'm not saying I'm I'm reeling them in or anything. I'm Mainly because I'm to myself. I went out one time and I had attention, but it wasn't the attention I wanted. If If I wanted that attention, I'd go get it, is what I'm trying to say. All right. And now that I'm finally a bachelor, well, because that's how that's when I got when I was put on pause. That's how I was up until I was like 25 or whatever. 
but eh, you know, like I would take risks too. And I, oh, you know, some chick wants to hang out or somebody wants me to just go meet them out of nowhere, like, you know, risky style over the internet and, or somebody I met out of town. I don't know, just some weird thing met real quick at a bar, you know, the, that's, I'm not saying be unsafe, but I don't know. Be smart, but just don't settle for less. I don't know. I just, I just, that's my big regret is like, God, I wish in the last 10 years I was just like going hard. Who knows? Maybe this was how it was supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Maybe it was all to get to this point. Hey, remember oh. when that girl came in? Were you there? That girl came into work on Valentine's. Uh-uh. No, uh, I remember you. You kind of told me about it, and no, I was not there. Damn. Okay. Well, she kind of helped too because that kind of showed me, like, oh, like, you know, it was like a an old flame came saw me at work, gave me a peck on the, you know, give me a peck in front of everybody and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, that doesn't happen every day. And then, uh, and then and I, she and I started getting kind of close and talking more after that. And then was really just like, you have, you started telling me things I needed to hear that I wasn't hearing. Like, you, know, yeah, you, you know, I think you have potential and da, 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 and you can do anything. You know? And I was like, okay, I got somebody that actually like probably cared about me at some point, maybe still does and some platonic level. I don't know, but wouldn't probably just tell me I had to bullshit me. It's like, no, I think you should because. Yeah, so don't sell yourself short and just try to do as much as you can because I'm kind of doing it a little bit later, but I'm still trying to do it and I'm still trying to, you know, hang in there. But like I said, I don't feel any different. I feel better and younger and anything than any time in the last 10 years or so. Wow. For real. Like, dude, I work just as many hours as probably you guys do standing and I don't get tired. My feet never hurt. My back never hurts. I get home and I'm like amped as fuck. I'm playing guitar. <laughs> I don't go to sleep till two in the morning. I go right back to work at 10. Well, yeah, we, we open it. You know, we don't go to work till 10. So it's kind of nice. It's like eight. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, I don't, I, I, I blast through 40 hours like nothing. And I'm, I get home and I'm like, Oh, I'm so tired. I'm just going to go straight to sleep. And never, not once has that happened. That's awesome. I come oh. here. I, I burn in the backyard. I go play guitar. I, fucking, I play drums. I'm goofing off. I don't know. I'm doing something. I'm happy for you, man. It sounds like you're living the life that, you know, you uh, you got. Well, you helped me a lot, too, man. I mean, just to be real, like, you constantly, because you were always the guy that was there towards the, at the very end of the night with me, hashing it out, trying to figure out what was wrong, count, looking for a freaking dollar, because the damn thing was a dollar off or something stupid. Yeah. And you were like, and you were one of the people that was like, dude, you should just go live with your dad, man. Like, you should just go to California. You know, you hate it here. You know, you're always talking about quitting and all that. We had that conversation. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. That was almost verbatim. You're like, you hate it here. You're always talking about quitting. You want to go to California. You just do it. Something to that degree. And I was like, this dude's right. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> it, it was it was still a surprise because uh, you, you didn't uh, let me know that you took that advice. <laughs> they were just like, yeah, he's gone. I was like, what? <laughs> So I'm I'm happy you came in and you still you know said a goodbye. But uh, and you know, gonna, I mean, and I'm gonna come by too again. I, I yeah. You know, I mean, I saw Jimmy right before I left, and he was cool as hell, dude. He actually helped me out. He bought guns for me, gave me a big old, I think he gave me a hug and a big old handshake and the whole deal. Hey, good luck, bud. 
Yeah, they're they're good guys, man. I mean, I do not envy middle management. It's it's got to be tough. So I mean, I'm, I'm happy though. Like I said, you're living, you know, you're living the life you want, and uh, I mean, it's not like you died. You know, you just live somewhere else, and <laughs> we can still talk. You know, and you still definitely have intentions of coming to see us. So yes, that's ah, dude, and I was going to. Oh, so I didn't even tell you. I know we're supposed to be wrapping this up, but I I had a plane ticket. Luckily, I didn't like pay it. I had it all ready to go, and I just had it on standby on, like, a browser. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. the, the ticket was so perfect and the price was right. But I was actually supposed to go to Texas uh, this next week. Yeah, the 7th. Wow. I was, to leave, I was supposed to leave the 7th and go the 14th. Had this whole stay planned, all this shit. Uh, well, to stay with that chick to let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, so... Um, I lost track of what I was saying. Oh, we're good, man. If if we got to close it out, we can. Okay, that'll work. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jason. We uh, we always have an open invitation for you. Just all you got to do is let me know. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, you'll you'll definitely be one of the first to know. I can cruise by. Yeah, maybe we can do, do a, another one of these. Exactly. Maybe in person next time. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I would say like. Uh, you know, uh, motivational uh, statement here, but dude, you're killing it. So <laughs> just keep doing what you're doing. Um, and I guess that puts episode 13 in the books. Uh, do you want to let anybody know where they can find you? Uh, I know you said you're putting out videos. Um, yeah, why not? I don't care. Uh, I'm probably the one, if not two, Jason McGeehees on Facebook. Uh I, I don't know if you have, you have physical like viewable links for people. You're just gonna spell my name out anyway, right? Right, right. Okay, so they can just look that up. Uh, my YouTube page. Uh, just go to my Facebook and then see the YouTube links because honestly, I don't know what the handle is on it. All right. I, I, it's like something weird. I can't remember what it is. Oh, well, we appreciate it again. Uh, thanks you. Thank you very much. And. Um, for everybody else, you could uh, go to www.dogdogproductions.com. Uh, the YouTube is Dog Dog Productions, and the Instagram is uh, Dog Dog Productions as well. So, uh, thanks again, Jason. We really appreciate it, man, and uh, we hope to have you on again soon. For sure, man. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, have a happy rest of your uh, April Fool's Day. And. Uh... Oh, that's right. Shit, I'm supposed to prank you. Uh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. I'll catch you later. All right, man. Later.